Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. It's our goal, it's our responsibility, it's our obligation every week on this show to promote a knowledge that is engaging and transforming and to empower you, our listeners, to knowing, being, doing, and impacting the world around you. And as always... You're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey, and there's several ways you can do that. The first, probably the best way you can do it, calling in on the show line 347-237-5230. That's the number to call to get your opinions, insights, knowledge, whatever it is, on the air live. And I like hearing it when you do. It helps me out quite a bit. So <laughs> uh, call that number. That's the way to get in on the live line. We also have the chat room open. Click the link. Uh, go to Blog Talk Radio. Uh, you'll see the link for the chat room. Get in the chat room. It's open. And I like having discussions in the chat room also. Uh, you can follow us on our Facebook page at Zero, uh, the Zero Network on on Facebook. Like that page, uh, and you'll be able to see past shows and uh, archive shows from all the way back as long as we've been doing this show. You'll be able to see that. Also, uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, we're at Twitter at Prophesy. We're uh, send me a G, uh, email, Pastor Lorenzo Neal at gmail dot com, and uh, of course the web web blog page uh, Lorenzo T Neal dot com. Uh, what else am I missing? Hey, wherever I'm missing, I miss it. <laughs> but those are just some of the many ways that you can get in touch with us and help us in this wonderful, illuminating journey. As always, we're glad that you join us again today. I'm glad it's, it's a little rainy day. Uh, I'd rather still be in bed. <laughs> but who wouldn't on a day like this? But, hey, I'm grateful today. Before we go any further, we got some exciting topics that I want to get into. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we honor you and thank you for today. We pray that you will bless us today, the listeners, to be edified and you to be glorified. In the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable. We pray. Amen. Uh, there's a lot that I want to get into today. So much, so much. And I will probably, you know, it, it's going to seem, I'm, I might as well just tell you, it's going to seem like I'm ranting a lot today because some of the things that I'm going to talk about are just unbelievable to me. A couple of the things. That I'm going to be talking about. Uh, I, I just can't believe that we live in America, and some of the topics uh, that I'm going to talk about: uh, one, a judge forces a name change for a baby; two, uh, uh, Donnie McClurkin is disinvited from uh, a celebration in Washington D.C.; and three, uh, a young boy is. Uh, is recorded 
um, saying a prayer to Barack Obama. I mean, it's crazy. So um, we're going to get into that. And and like I say, if if it seems like I'm ranting, I'm just going to tell you I I am because these stories – Sometimes you just can't believe. It. So let's let's get let's get into it. You know, right on into the first topic here. Uh, now, the first two topics, the 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 one with Donnie McClurkin and the one with the young with the baby uh, name being changed. I'm gonna tell you, this is. Uh, the, the, I know we live in a, a different world from 20 years ago. I, I know we do, uh, but this is. Indicative of how far and extreme the world uh, American culture is, is coming. So the first story, uh, a judge in Tennessee uh, changes the name of a toddler of a baby. Uh, let me. I had this pulled up, so y'all can bear with me for a second. But, um, uh. Here we go. So uh, a a judge uh, in Tennessee thought it it was his judicial duty to change the name of a baby boy from Messiah to Martin. And he did so with this, uh, this. This is what he said. He says that name, Messiah, is reserved only... For Jesus Christ. Jesus. Okay. Now this was a clear. Let me bounce back. Let me rewind this for a second. The reason he. The reason the parents went to court to begin with. Is because the mother and the father of the child. Could not agree on the last name of the child. Apparently they're not married. Uh, The mother. Uh, has two other children, and the two other children's name starts with M. So she was going with this MD, and, and, and y'all know she black, because <laughs> black folk we got this. Her her other two children's names were unique, and it, it it's you know I, I can't fault her for that. It's a beautiful name. I don't see I have no problem with the child being named Messiah. It's a name, uh, and her other two children had uh, similar you know unique names. So the child's parents went to court because they couldn't decide on if the baby would take the mother's last name or the father's last name. They couldn't decide on that. So it went to court, and the court, the judge decided, well, first name isn't right anyway. And this is what he says. The name on his birth certificate, the child's birth certificate is uh, Mark, Messiah Deshaun Martin, okay? Uh, and, and here's the thing. They wanted to establish paternity, right? <laughs> and, and and so the judge looked at this and said, uh, the child should be should be named, uh, name should be changed. And the reason he was the judge decided is because uh, for two reasons. First, he said the name is a title reserved only for Jesus, and secondly, in the best interest of the child, we don't want the child to be. Mocked, bullied, or etc. Because of the name, I guess I can understand that part. I, I guess I can. I, um, that's just. I, I, but black folk, <laughs> you know, we have unique names, and and I don't think the kid would be bullied. Maybe teased a little bit, but uh, I doubt very seriously if the name would be uh, a factor in that. Anyway, so the judge decided, said that because the name is a title for Jesus and it's only been earned, and that's where he's really mistaken. It was not earned by Jesus. Jesus, uh, Messiah, uh, Messiah is, you know, is, is a title. It means the anointed one. Uh, so it's not, you don't earn that. And if he was really studious about such things, he would understand that in the Jewish tradition, there have been several messiahs, and Jesus was not the only one considered the messiah. The Christians made, you know, the early church uh, pretty much retained that title for him. Uh, when Peter and, and Matthew uh, 
said the famous word, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter retained that, that title or ascribed that title to him because as, as you know, any other salvific, salvific figure in uh, Hebrew history earned that title. So, you know, and Christian, I guess you, I, maybe I, I just messed up my own argument by saying, yes, it was an earned title. Uh, because in in Judaic history, there are numerous persons who were ascribed the title Messiah. One as recently as 1920 in World War One, uh, when a Jew, uh, one when um, Jerusalem was uh, liberated, I guess you can say, during World War One, World War One. Some ascribed the liberator, who was a uh, a British general, the title Messiah. Rode in on a white horse and everything. So, yeah, again, so I, I may have defeated my own argument there. But in the sense of Christian, uh, from the Christian perspective, uh, it was not an earned title. It was an ascribed title by Peter, and uh, we use it. Most, most people don't even realize it's a title when they say Christ, you know, or Messiah. They they A lot of people thought it was Jesus' last name, <laughs> for crying out loud. Uh, I, I said all that because here you have a judge who took the liberty of infringing upon this woman's and this this these parents' uh, civil rights to name their own child, whatever the heck they wanted to name them. I didn't want to be named Lorenzo, but I don't, <laughs> you know, uh, nobody judged and said, hey, Lorenzo is, is another name. It should be, again, another faulty argument. Let me get on. But my point is that um, the judge... Um, and I, I was making it as a man, man but as a, as a female um, judge, um, said that this should be reserved for Jesus, uh, for Jesus Christ. And and again, you know, she's saying this from her office, and she got figuring in with baby Jesus, <laughs> sweet baby Jesus, and Mary. Uh, uh, but. She didn't have the right to replace that name, to change it to Martin. I don't know if she thought that by changing it to Martin, maybe she'd be, you know, help DFI Martin Luther King or evoke, invoke that name. I, I have no idea, but Martin. Uh, but just the fact that she she determined this mother has no sense, has no right, and has, uh, you know, is incapable of naming the child properly. She took it upon herself to, to give this to don this name, Martin. And that is a gross violation of the woman's civil right, the child's civil right. Woman, name the child whatever you want to. I was I was at a school, and I lied to you not. There were two children, twins. You want to know what their names were? Orangelo and Lamangelo. And it was spelled L-E-M-O-N-J-E-L-L-O, O-R-A-N-J. E-L-L-O. Lemon Jello and Orange Jello. That's how it was spelled, but Orangelo and Lamangelo. <laughs> I lied to you. That was their name. That's their legal, that's on their birth certificate, that's on all the papers, and when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, you gotta be kidding me. This You can't be serious. So, you know, of course, they had nicknames that they went by. That was a lot easier to, to say than their real names, but that was their real names, and I didn't see anybody questioning paternity, you know, their names in, in the judicial system. Uh, neither did anybody try to force the parent to change uh, the child's name. And I'm just gonna be saying to this, you know, this is one of the few times that I actually agree with the uh, American Civil Liberties Union uh, to to fight for the right of this parent to name the child whatever they want to. Uh this is a I it, it's it's not a, a you know that they're, they're framing it within a constitutional argument of the first amendment rights. It ain't got nothing to do with first amendment. This is a mother naming her child whatever the heck she wants to. And and, and if this this judge was actually <laughs> you know so inconsiderate she what she tell the Mexicans or Hispanics who named their children Jesus, and it's spelled J-E-S-U-S. 
It's pronounced Jesus, but it's spelled J-E-S-U-S. You don't know what I'm saying? I, I, okay, I've, I've gone a little too long. Uh, 347-237-5230. If you want to talk about that, that's fine. I, I'd love to hear your thoughts and insights on that. Because it's, it's just interesting to me. I think by this judge changing this uh, this parent's name, uh, this child's name, is an infringement on the rights of the mother, a violation, very much a violation of uh, her civil rights. And, and and the government had no I – mean, she's a representative of the government. She had no right as a judge to do so, whether she liked the name or not. I don't care how religious she is. And apparently she was trying to display how religious and how serious she took her religion. And, and you know, I don't believe the mother was being uh, uh, – was 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 mocking God. I don't believe any of that, you know. I don't know if she fully understood the name Messiah. I think it just sounded good to her. It's probably why she – you know, to have three children with the, the M, you know, motif going on, all of them with an M name. I think that's what she was thinking. That was her line of thought, and I see nothing wrong with that. But for that judge, that was just wrong. So I'd like to get your thoughts on that. And I've rambled with enough on that, so I'm I'm not going to kill it. <laughs> I've killed it enough. I'm going to take a break, and when we get back, we're going to talk about the other two issues. Um, Donnie McClurkin, probably the bigger, uh, the bigger thing about that I can ramble on about. <laughs> uh, and um, child, the boy playing, praying to Obama. This, that was an interesting thing, too. And I'd like to get your thoughts, insights, and opinions on that. Uh, and when we come back from the break, you're welcome to, to uh, share that. But we're going to take a break, and we'll be back right after this. is back and bigger than ever. Come check out MegaFest 2013 world-class lineup of special events including sports, comedy, music, and film. We've got the Ball Up Championship and Celebrity Slam Dunk Competition, Cedric the Entertainer, and the Just Church and Comedy Show, the All-Star Studded Women of Purpose Concert. And introducing the International Faith and Family Film Festival August 29th through 31st in Dallas, Texas. Mega-Fest.com Those of you who've listened to my show uh, realize that uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, my computer crashed on me, and I had lost just, I thought I lost just about everything on my computer, all my important files and documents. But then I remembered that I had security. I had my files backed up automatically by Carbonite.com. Now, here's the good thing about Carbonite.com. They have the same encrypted technology that is used uh, for security, uh, e-commerce, transactions, all that stuff. They got it, right? And then they house it in state-of-art data centers that's guarded 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I wasn't worried because I knew my files were automatically backed up. And here's the good thing. I, I didn't have to worry about retrieving them either because I could access my files from any computer anywhere in the world. So if, if, if you, you feel like you're going to lose your stuff, I recommend Carbonite.com because that's the place to go. You don't have to worry about the cost either because they have a price for every budget you can imagine. Not only that, but if you go to their site today, you could get a 15-day free trial right now if you go in today. That's Carbonite.com for all your online backing needs. All they do is back up your files online. They don't do anything else. You can be guaranteed that all of your important documents, everything that you love on your computer will be safe and secure. Check them out today at Carbonite.com for your online backup. I wasn't born to push papers. I was born to push myself. 
to go where I'm needed, to keep this country safe. I was born with the backbone and brain power to take on any mission. This is my office. I was born ready. GoCoastGuard.com At the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, I'm part of a place where I'm always challenged to do more. I am a part of a place where I can be involved. I'm a part of a place where everything is possible. I'm part of a place where champions are made. At the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, you can get an affordable education with competitive degree offerings, diverse student population, and stellar faculty. Become part of a place where you can get everything you need to succeed. Become a part of the pride at the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. morning and welcome back again we are here live on the air zero today pastor Lorenzo Neal glad to have you sharing in with us uh, as last we discussed we were talking about the baby uh, judge changing the baby name I, I tell you you know anyway I could go on and about, about that, but moving on uh, uh, as I said before um, getting into this next subject it's still uh, the next topic. It's still kind of like about dealing with civil rights issue. It's 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 it's, it's, it's still um, around the same same issue of civil rights, but it involves one of our more familiar figures in gospel uh, music, uh, Donnie McClurkin. Now, if you don't know the story about Donnie, you don't know Donnie McClurkin. You know, he he's and an acclaimed gospel singer, and his story is one of of triumph, tragedy, you name it. It's is there. Uh, he talks about how he had been molested as a child, and and as a result of that, he has, you know, he 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 was involved in homosexuality, and uh, that propelled him in his gospel music career. You know, the songs he, some of the songs he sang uh, dealt with. With, with you know they were they didn't get two ish two issues you know didn't deal too many issues but uh uh the way he's saying uh, probably probably the most familiar one is you know the song we fall down and we get up or something to that nature but anyway he he's an actor he's a singer and a producer a host of Sunday's Best or judge on Sunday's Best or whatever you want to call it and he gets invited to the concert celebration for the 50th anniversary of the March on Washington, uh, the second rendering of King's I Have a Dream speech. And I say the second rendering because so many people don't know that that wasn't his first time he did the speech. He actually had done uh, that sermon on several occasions, and this was uh, the time that he had a national audience. And, you know, this is that is the most... Uh, uh, repeated speeches of King. Matter of fact, they think some people think that's the only one he ever did. But anyway, I digress. So McClurkin was initially invited by um, this group to perform at the concert. It is it was uh, billed as an international interfaith concert, headlined by uh, Siri Lincoln group uh, artists. You know. 
and uh, was supposed to be culturally diverse and represent all of the uh, tenets of the peak of the civil rights movement, the highlight of the civil rights movement, particularly the March on Washington. And uh, the organizer for this particular march, uh, the the organizer for the march on Washington that that helped propel uh, Dr. King uh, into fame and history with his I Have a Dream speech was an openly gay black man. And I don't have the name in front of me at the moment. Uh, but he was an openly gay black man. He's standing on the roster on the podium with King. Uh, and so because of that fact, the gay community had a large uh, say and a large uh, effort to, to you know, build this as, as uh, how can I put it? Not a, not 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 a uh, not just an interdenominational thing or interfaith thing, but you know, uh, more of an awareness for the gay role in civil rights. I, I guess that's I, I guess I can put it that way. So, Mr. McClurkin is invited to uh, to this event. The problem is. That Mr. McClurkin is no longer homosexual, and a lobbyist or a spokesperson or individual from one of the groups, uh, LGBT groups, representing uh, or sharing in that particular event had a problem with it. had a problem with Donnie McClurkin, who is a black man. Reformed, uh, reformed homosexual or delivered homosexual uh, is the the word Christians like to use. He's been delivered from homosexuality, and since uh, 2007, has been proclaiming that others can be free from that sin. Homosexuality, they can be delivered from it. Uh, my friend uh, D.L. Foster heads to. Um, one of those organizations that 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 uh, promotes such a thing also. Now, 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 here's the thing. Donald McClurkin is beloved in Christendom. You know, he's become somewhat of the ambassador for yeah, Christendom. I guess you're almost like the James Cleveland of Christendom. Between him and T.D. Jakes, uh, black gospel music has has. Uh, Gathered a more mainstream following. I guess you can say that's a good way of putting it. But um, because of the pressure from from uh, these officials within the gay community, he was disinvited from this event. Now, I, I found it. I you know I. <laughs> For an event that's supposed to celebrate diversity, and for an event that's supposed to celebrate all of the tenets of the civil rights movement, which was, you know, looking beyond a person's color, looking beyond a person's orientation, and so forth and so on, the administration of the city of Washington, D.C., the mayor, his staff, did not stand up for this black man. This black preacher, this gospel artist, any of this, they did not stand for him or with him, but instead caved into political pressure, caved in to the group that's supposed to be more tolerant than anyone. They're proving that they are not tolerant, um, caved in and disinvited him. And Darlene McCurkin speaks out against this. He did a post on social cam. And if you go to my personal Facebook page, you you'll see the link uh, where he where he uh, discusses um, discusses why he was disinvited. Because uh, it was originally reported that he declined, that uh, he rescinded the invitation. 
but he comes out and admits that he did not rescind the invitation. He, in fact, was disinvited by uh, the mayor of D.C. because of the fact that there were those within the homosexual community who felt that he and his message of deliverance was harmful, discriminatory, and hateful toward homosexuals. Now, I can't see how that is, but this is what they said. They, being collectively members of the uh, gay community, however you however you want to call it, you know, they said that because this black man, gospel artist, uh, pastor, Donnie McClurkin, is a former homosexual, and that he preaches that individuals can be free from homosexual, it is harmful to those who are homosexual. It is discriminatory to those who are homosexual. It is hate speech. And so he was disinvited. And I don't I don't hear any of his gospel comrades standing up and supporting him. There are some pastors who are in the DC area who are coming to his uh coming to his aid and speaking out and they're speaking out from two positions. One being that uh this was a gospel this was a, a part of it was gospel related and they invited a gospel artist because it represented the black church the black church was the format i mean this was the the black church was the driving momentum behind this movement and the representation of the black church is gospel music so now you 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 lose out the representation of the black church caving under pressure and here's the other thing the spark uh the speaker of the person who was the antagonist against uh, McClurkin is himself a gay black man, which which brings it back to this point again. You know, 50 years ago when the march was put together, the organizer was an openly homosexual person, black man. Martin Luther King stood with that man, didn't judge. You don't know whether he agreed with him or not. It, 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 that isn't, in, you know, maybe there'll be a book written about that. Maybe the narrative will come out about how they actually uh, related during those moments. But his gender did not matter to Dr. King, nor to any other hundred, I, I believe it was over 200,000 persons at that uh, particular event. The gender didn't matter to uh, or the sexual orientation of the organizer was not a factor. Why is it becoming a factor now? I don't know. It wasn't a factor then. It was all about rights. You had a gay black man organizing a right a march on Washington to bring to the forefront of the national eyes, the national mind, this this illegitimate. Uh, operations of their government, unfair treatment of people of color, uh, <laughs> you know, and all of that. And these thousands of people gathered to hear various speakers. Martin Luther King's speech is the one that is only remembered, but there were, you know, several speakers who said several wonderful things. Uh, and now it's celebrated, you know, and, and now, watch, now uh, of course, Dr. King has his own memorial on the Washington Mall. Um, and, and speaking of that, you know, they had some things <laughs> on his memorial, on Dr. King's memorial, that they found controversial. So they had to remove that. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, I am tired. I am. It, it bothers me how intolerant those who are supposed to be tolerant are. And you know, I, I love everybody. I, I do not discriminate. Um, my problem with the homosexual community, uh is people don't realize how powerful and influential they have become, that group has become. It's not just, it's no longer just a, um, you know, I'm my, this is my lifestyle. You no, know, this is an agenda. And the agenda is being forced upon individuals, whether we like it or not. And, and that's my problem with this whole thing. And I know people are, you know, 
I don't care about people being mad at me. I and I, I don't want to use this the the same rhetoric, you know, love the sinner, hate the sin kind of thing. I, I don't want to use that. But I I, I gotta be straightforward and say, look, you do not thwart uh things that a minority wants on it. And the same argument was used, you know, by those who were seg- strong segregationists fifty, sixty years ago. Don't make a minority, don't force minorities' opinions and things on me. You know, that's what the people in the South were saying. The blacks were minority. Well, you know, we don't want you to force seg- integration on us. So I guess in, in a very, very bad way, <laughs> I, I sense their pain. Anyway, Lord have mercy. Anyway, so what does this say about the mayor of D.C.? Because he violated his own uh, – a policy that he passed uh, against discrimination, uh, orientation discrimination uh, that's in place in D.C. He violated his own policy by disinviting a straight man now because of homosexuals who were afraid that his message would would cause harm, disenfranchisement, or whatever you want to say, all of that. I I can't believe for a second, but that is what happened. And you can go to the link I said. Uh, Donnie McClurkin spoke out against it and uh, provided some clarity as to why he was disinvited uh, on social cam. And that link is provided on my show, on my um, on the page, my personal page. And uh, you can probably just Google it and you'll find it. So, what does this have to do today? I mean. The reality is, is that if this gospel artist, who is a black man, who is delivered from gay and is a pastor, who uh, promotes a gospel message of love, and I'm sure he, uh, you know, he was he <laughs> he campaigned for Barack Obama, and the very persons that uh, he campaigned for. Um, you know, you're now uh, fighting against him. It's a, it's a bit of pill to swallow. You know, you're campaigning for someone who has opened the door or opened the flood, floodgate for the LGBT community to just thrash you. I can only imagine what he's experiencing emotionally. And when, um, um, of course, there's some other things, uh, other factors to consider in, in this. Why are they not as vocal? Why is he not as vocal as to uh, this issue? You know, he he's preached in a, a in the Kojic convocation a couple of years ago. He preached about it and almost was almost slammed because of it. You know, and I I couldn't believe that. I mean, some people were really really harsh on him regarding that issue when he preached it publicly uh, at a, at a at a Kojic convention. Um. And then you have those gospel artists who never deal with it at all. Uh, I have a problem with it. You got to at least have a stand, you know, but you're making millions of dollars. You know, you're you're an entertainer, so that's not, you know, I guess you're saying that's not your field. That's not your your care, your concern. I, hey, if that's, that's you, fine. But, again, it is saying that the voices of opposition – are getting smaller and smaller. I'm not the one that buys into some of the things that saying we won't, you know, we uh, preachers won't be able to t- speak against such some things. You know, I, I'm not going that far. I, I already know that there's intolerance, and by me being a preacher, I'm already on the other side of that. You know, I'm going to be on the receiving end of intolerance. Um, but. What can you say? There's a book. There's a book that I have that is, I think, really, really uh, share shed some light on the the movement of intolerance, and it's called the Truth About Tolerance, um, and it really gives some insightful uh, some insight into the agendas behind all of this. And, and Don McClurkin is learning the hard way. He's learning the hard way. You, no matter how Many people, you attempt to appease, 
uh, it just won't happen. Pe- people just ain't gonna care. So, Donnie, uh, Donnie, 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 man, I, I know you love the Lord Jesus. <laughs> I know He heard your cry. But if I could use your song, one song for you to help you out, I think I got the right song for you to help you out in this situation. Now, I all I can say is you got to work ahead of you, brother. You got a lot of work ahead of you. And um, if you choose to put your hand to the plow and turn, not turn back, then more power to you. But until then, I think this song here is for... I think this song is for... I think this is for... Yeah, we got it. When you've done all you can, man, seems like it's never enough. This is appropriate, brother Donnie. Brother Donnie, I think that works for you. How about how about just standing, standing on what you believe in, standing on what you preach, and, and if you lose a couple of thousand million dollars, well, I think you know who can take care of you better than that. All right, I'm gonna take a quick break. Come back, we'll get into our last uh, last topic of the day. Give us a call back. Three four seven two three seven five two zero. That's the number to call if you want to get your voice on the air. We're looking forward to hearing you. Pastor Neil, be right back after this. Jackson State University is not just another university. It's a community. It's a family. And that's not all. Jackson State University is a national leader in biomedical research and development. With world-class science, math, engineering, and technology departments. At Jackson State University, we're leading the way in technology and innovation. One Jackson State University, changing lives one student at a time. Uh, You know, abortion is uh, a very serious issue in the black community. And... For some reason, it's been promoted as something that's just, just, you know, I can't even describe that. But do you know that there are alternatives to abortion? And there are plenty of opportunities that you can learn about. So I want to take this moment to invite you to come out to New Bethel as we have a Festival for Life. Festival for Life was sponsored in part by the Frederick Douglass Foundation of Mississippi and American Family Radio. You come and you're going to hear testimonies of women who have had the experience of abortion. You're going to hear stories. You're going to see clips. You're going to enjoy praise and worship and fellowship. But I want to take this time out to personally invite you to come out Wednesday, August 21st at 6 o'clock p.m. to New Bethel Amy Church for the Festival for Life. I guarantee you'll be blessed. Suits today aren't like suits from yesterday. Part of it is the cut of today's suit, short jacket, narrow lapel, moderate fit. But part of it is the cut of the man himself. Because today, it's not so much the brand of suit that defines the man, as it is the brand of man who wears it. 
you're going to like the way you look. I guarantee you. I need you. I feel so alone. But you're not alone. I knew you'd come. Like I could stay away. You know I can't do this without you. You'll never have to. You're always there for me. I'll get you a rental car. Don't use an umbrella. Fall in love with Progressive Claim Service. Welcome back to Zero Today. Again, I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo O'Neill. Number 347-237-5230. You want to get your thoughts, insights, on it, opinions on the air. The chat room is open, and we got some people in there having uh, in the chat room. There. Um, so, again, just want to say thank you. I, I ran it a lot in those first two segments. It, and the reason is I, I, I guess I'm just disturbed by both of those things, both, both of those. But, but this... This this last little one here, I'm not sure whether to be disturbed about it, concerned about it, or just laugh about it. I I, I really don't know. Uh, there's a video on YouTube that is that is going viral and is becoming kind of popular. Some people are saying it's just adorable. Some people are disgusted by it, and, and some people are like me are just you know we don't know what to make of it. Uh, it's a sto- it's a video of a of a little boy uh, who is praying, but he seems to be praying to Barack Obama, not for Barack Obama, but to Barack Obama. And like I say, some people I, I, I've I've seen and read various comments, but I'm going to play the clip for you uh, so you can hear. What the little boy is is praying. Here it is. And for President Barack Obama, Barack o- Barack Obama, thank you for doing everything and all the kind stuff. Thank you for all the stuff that you helped us with. Thank you for taking the courage and responsibility for everything you have done for us. And God has gave you a special power, and you and you are going to handle it great, just fine. You are good, Barack Obama. You are great, and and when you get older, you will be able to do great things. Love. Even Barack Obama. I, I, like I said, I don't know what to make up of this. I'm, I'm gonna play it one more time. Uh, one more time. And for President Barack Obama. This is prayer for President Barack, o- President. Barack Obama. Thank you for doing everything and all the kind stuff. Thank you for all the stuff that you helped us with. Now, Thank I, you for taking the courage and responsibility for I, I don't know what he's really helped us with, us. but, you know. And God has gave you a special power. Let, let me stop it right there. Yeah, yeah, uh, okay. God has given him a, a special power. I I don't... <laughs> Bless his heart, you know. Psalm was saying it's, it's just good that he's praying. But... You know, and others were saying this is idolatry, and uh, I, you know, the little boy has no idea, and and I'm saying this, and this is a stretch, but I I don't think he has any idea that this has gotten as big as it's gotten. Of course, I'm sure his parents don't, whoever is, you know, they 
caregivers. I, I don't believe they know it has it's gotten as, as big as it's gotten or as controversial as it's gotten. To them, he's just, you know, he probably has been doing this before, and this is the first time they caught it on camera. He had, you know, I, I, I don't know. And you can't question the motive behind the boy or the parents because, you know, it's adorable. It's This is their child doing something they consider to be special that they want to share. And it, it makes me upset when I have, you know, some of my white conservative friends tear this down, tear this apart. I, that that makes me upset. At the at the same time, what makes me upset is the fact that there are blacks who are, you know, blindly celebrating this child and and, and not putting in type of correction. You know, because uh, he's saying Barack Obama is good, he's great, and and, and let, me, let me put it this way: uh, Barack Obama is a man. And I found it adorable. He said that when you get older, you're going to do great things. <laughs> I thought that was adorable. Because there's reality. You know, presidents, as they get out of office, they get older, they become more reverent. Look at Bush 41. Look at Clinton. Look at, um, 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 what's the other one, Carter. You know, those men, once they got out of office, they became a little more regarded than when they were in office. Uh and so you know that that's just that's just adorable, but it's not so much. I don't believe the boy was praying to Barack Obama. I, I really don't, you know. But in the video, he is kneeling and his hands are clasped together as if he is. Uh, so I, you know, that, that again, that is that's where the questionable part comes in. It goes back to training. The children are seeing their parents idolize Barack Obama. Uh, and, and so many black folks are blindly following Barack Obama. And, and you got to be honest, Barack Obama has done least for black people, the least for black people in his administration in, 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 than any other president. Really. Under his administration, we've had the highest unemployment, continual for the last uh, four and a half years, uh, while it's dropping, is still the highest among minority, minority groups um, under his uh, under his administration. There have been several things, including, uh, if some want to argue, the most recent Supreme Court just uh, ruling on the Civil Rights Act. Again, uh, more states have uh, implementing voting. Uh, uh, further restrictive voting, uh, I guess you can say, uh, ID legislation, and the most the most calling and contesting thing is that the this country has been so racially uh, divided since he became president. Now, for those of you who don't want to argue that, fine, but that's just. Those are the facts. We've become more racially divided. There's been a greater insensitivity to race than ever before. And when I say insensitivity, because black folk are being called racist if we speak against Barack Obama, who is supposed to be our messiah. And, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I, I never forget last year when Barack Obama threw the black community who supported him a curveball by coming out and supporting uh, uh, same-sex marriage. When the very same people in 2008, in California in particular, when 96% of the black population voted for him, on that same ballot they voted against uh, same-sex marriage. That said quite a bit. And here just, you know, four years later, he stabs them in the back, and I do say stabs them in the back by coming out and supporting them. He has done the least amount of anything for African Americans. He's done more for Hispanics. He's done more for the uh, gay community than he has done for black people combined. And yet we still overwhelmingly support him blindly. I say blindly because I use blindly as in sense of ignorance. We choose to be ignorant about his policies regarding Black people and his relations regard. Even the black congressional black caucus has acknowledged this that he hasn't done anything 
or much of anything for the the black people who put him in office. And you let the average black person who uh, supported him, they they undeniably believe that they are the ones who are responsible. But no, we didn't do it. We are too small a minority to even have enough momentum and uh, uh, a voting block to do so. So, But you can keep that myth up if you like. Uh, I, I believe the child is is grossly mis being misled. But I say that because a lot of children are being grossly misled about Barack Obama. And many of them will not learn until uh, a generation from now when they're uh, adults, you know, in their mid-30s, 40s, and if the world is around me. <laughs> All of these end-time stuff, if the world is around then. They'll they'll feel some of the, the the impact of some of the policies that he's implemented, both by executive order and by congressional vote. It's just reality, and healthcare is one of them. Um, you can't blame the child in this situation, and I, I it, it bothers me that there are grown people, uh, I mean, just whipping up on this child. Now you can't blame the parents either because you know. Black people still have this mythos. We still are in search of this great leader that we have not had since Martin Luther King Jr. We have not had great leaders. The ones who are who were great leaders like Shuttlesworth and, and King and um others, they're dead. The generation that followed them lost the character of that movement. When I say the character of that movement, I'm not talking about just moral character. I'm talking about the drive to continue to fight. We settled. And when we settled, when I, when those, the second generation of leaders settled, I'm talking about post-68, from the 70s on. When those leaders settled into uh, comfortable positions of leadership in the main line America, we saw we we suffered. We saw crime break out in our communities with our black people killing black boys, killing black boys. And then we don't speak. We never spoke out about it until it got uncontrollable. I think I think about banging in Little Rock and that documentary that was featured and that was produced in in uh, ninety three, ninety four. I never forget. I you know I was just getting out of high school. And they had this banging in Little Rock. And when I went to Little Rock and I worked in Little Rock and I saw, you know, I got the chance to be at Central High School and do some work there. And, you know, I saw the isolation and we resegregated ourselves. Central School, Central Little Rock, Central High Little Rock is now predominantly black, rundown school, literally. The community surrounding that is bad. You know, it's violent. But I. I, I, I say we, we we dropped the ball. You can't blame the child. But you have to teach. I mean, we have to, black pastors, we got to rise up and, and speak truth and stop being incompetent leaders, which we are. Anytime we, we'd rather talk about getting money or chasing women and any of that, it shows our incompetence. Incompetence as leaders in the community. Uh I'm, I'm running out of time. I, I, I could go on and on about this, but the reality is this. If we don't do something now, more and more children are going to begin to look to Obama and to other figures, you know, mythic figures, for something that they ain't going to be able to get. I hope our mind changes soon. I really do. I, I really do. There's so much more I could say on that. But, again, I agree. I, I digress. I want someone in the chat room call it child child abuse and brainwashing. I'm gonna say it's brainwashing. You know, you're talking about ignorance that is unseen and unnoticed. And when you when you would go that way, that's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll talk about that. Anyway, next week we got a, a great show lined up for you. Uh, I have a very special guest who's going to be here, and she's going to be talking. Um, 
Oh, doggone it. I lost my train of thought just that quick. <laughs> but anyway, it'll be posted. We're going to have a great guest next week. So uh, tune in next week for another episode of Zero Today. And we're looking forward to a wonderful day. I pray that you have a wonderful day. Uh, don't do nothing I wouldn't do. Until next week, we shall see you again, Pastor O'Neill. And I would just say have a good one. Ha 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 